This is episode 80 with Pete Evans. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Pete Evans is an internationally renowned and household chef, restaurateur, author, and television presenter. His passion for food and a healthy lifestyle inspires individuals and families around the world. Now, Pete Evans, to some people, is a name they actually despise, and to others, it's a name they idolize. And, well, who is Pete Evans to me? He's a human I'm deeply intrigued by. Pete is also known as Paleo Pete. He believes in the paleo way of eating. But I'm not a paleo. But I'm also not against paleo. I didn't get Pete onto the podcast to talk about the paleo way of eating. I wanted Pete on the show because I believe he's creating a profoundly positive impact in this world. I also believe Pete understands human behavior and his existence and how we operate as humans better than many other people. He's an example of understanding the paradigm shift and living true to himself. For all you long-time listeners, you know I'm fascinated by human behavior. That's what this podcast is about. I look for information, philosophies, belief systems, habits, routines, rituals, all those kind of things that aren't quote-unquote the norm. Even in most discussions I have with guests on this podcast, there's an underlying or forerunning message that stands out to challenge or remind us to think a bit differently. That's exactly what Pete Evans does. He thinks, feels and acts differently to many other people and he does this so congruently to who he is and what he believes. Marie and I watched a documentary called The Magic Pill on Netflix and I loved it. We both loved it. I highly recommend it if you have an inkling of interest in your personal health. Pete's only in the doco for about two minutes. It's not about him, but it's his documentary. He funded it and came up with the idea. And after watching it, what I did, I put out the feelers on Facebook and asked if anyone knew how I could be put in contact with Pete to get him onto the podcast because of this impactful documentary. Little did I know when I made this Facebook post that Pete has actually copped a lot of scrutiny in the media over the years. I had no idea and I talked to Pete about this in this episode. I had no idea because I don't watch the news. I don't believe in it to help me be the best version of myself. I don't let myself get caught up in the negative aspects of social media either. Either I, I just simply don't follow crap. 
But when I had someone tell me that the day I get Pete Evans onto this podcast is the day they'll stop listening to the show, I thought, wow, that's interesting that that person feels that way and thinks that way about Pete. Then I did a Google and quickly realized that the media just smashes him. So, of course, I bring that up in this episode too. And Pete actually discusses very openly some of the different times that he's been slammed and what his beliefs are around the topics he's been slammed for. And once again, it's a great learning experience of human behavior to hear Pete authentically discuss his beliefs. If there's one thing we can all learn from someone like Pete Evans, it's that speaking your truth can sometimes get misconstrued that your truth is everyone's truth. What I believe is important is that when you've done thousands of hours of the deep work on yourself and you've experienced the paradigm shift and understand the human experience as well as people like Pete, your truth will often be misunderstood because it's not quote-unquote normal in society. And I believe that quote-unquote normal is not best. So I think you can see where I'm going with this. I believe society is funneled and our belief systems are molded by what we're told should be the way instead of exploring other philosophies and ways of being. Remember, we are human beings. What I'd also challenge you to think about is the beliefs of other inspirational guests on this podcast that you guys have been inspired by and learned from. Nam Baldwin, for example, world-renowned performance coach. What are his beliefs and practices around elements of human behavior? Do they differ from what quote-unquote normal is? Functional medicine practitioner Carl Hewen, Dr. Michael Gervais, the beautiful, impactful Katrina Webb. Me, what are Robbo's beliefs? Ask yourself, ask yourself, why am I actually inspired by this podcast? If you're brutally honest, you'll realize that those who understand human behavior and themselves at the deepest level, their belief systems, habits, their perceptions and actions often aren't what most of society would perceive as normal. Hence why in our mental strength training program and any other presentations, workshops or events I do or any coaching I do, physical, mental and emotional coaching, I'm teaching and exposing people to a different way to think about things, different strategies and tools to navigate life that are practiced from world leaders in many different areas, helpful and healthy habits and powerful mindset shifts. There's nothing linear about the human experience. You must learn to think and feel differently and understand that our minds are designed to create our state of being based on what we think and how we feel. So if you're committed to learning about yourself, your relationships, your life in a different and expansive way, come and join us in the Mental Strength Training online journey. Yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash coaching. Now, we only have one more intake 
of this online program and then we're actually taking a break from running this format for a while because very excitedly, we're bringing the online experience into real life. So if you're living on the East Coast or close to the East Coast of Australia, you'll be stoked to hear that we're collaborating with some inspiring and powerful legends that you've been exposed to on this podcast, such as world-renowned performance coach, Nam Baldwin, audacious and bold mindfulness coach, Amber Hawken, and functional medicine practitioner, Carl Hewen. I'll be presenting the bulk of the material which is a mix of the mental strength program plus some new empowering tools and strategies to help you tap into your inner excellence. Nam and Amber will be covering covering areas such as self-leadership, mindfulness for self-mastery and other powerful processes. Carl Hewen will be teaching you ways to optimize your gut health and the facts about the gut-brain connection and the direct link to your mental, physical and emotional well-being. So if you're living in Oz and you're interested in this impactful journey, you can read more about that on the website and secure your place at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash impact journey. And if you're living too far away from the East Coast or living in other parts of the world, you can still sign up for the last intake for a while of the pure online format that we're obviously super proud of as our participants are consistently getting results and making positive change in their lives. We've got guests from Hong Kong, the UK, US, Canada, Ireland, all over the world. It's been a tough choice for Marie and I to stop the online format, and I say for a while, we're not sure for how long, because we're so proud to bring it to people all over the world. Because it's not just material delivered. We're actually doing live Q&As on a regular basis, bringing special guests on for you to interact with, plus communicating with you on a regular basis, one-on-one, to help you get the most out of it. We want to be present and giving you the best of us and the best of the program. Hence, why we need to take a break while we put our energy and effort into other things. So if you've been thinking about doing the online program or if this is the first time you've heard about it, now is your only chance for, well, who knows how long. And remember, you've then got the material forever once you do this program. Don't miss out on this intake. Jump onto the website and read more about it. Reach out to me personally with any questions at all and come and enhance your life experience. So yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash coaching and if you're listening to this episode after middle of august 2018 still check out the website to see what is available to you okay in this episode with pete evans we go into detail in so many different areas that i'm sure a lot of you didn't even know pete was in tune within this world i ask him his beliefs in many different areas and we discuss what the human experience means to him why he's done thousands of therapy sessions and what he's learned about himself in the process, why he believes it's so easy for us humans to make the wrong food choices, why it needs to be a way of life to be brutally honest with yourself, how to eat healthy when you can't afford the organic grass-fed or more expensive options and plenty more. We're almost there. Before we dive in, one quick shout out. To you awesome listeners, 
and another heartfelt gratitude for all those who have taken the time to write a review and give a rating on iTunes. This one is titled, Lifting Me Up. This is my go-to podcast for inspiration, motivation, lift, drive, ideas, fuel for life. It's not for the faint-hearted. Listen to Brett if you want movement onwards in your life. Thanks, Brett. Enjoy the life you and your partner breathe into this podcast. Tash from Queensland. Tash, you're a champion. Greatly appreciated for taking the time and for those kind words and including my gorgeous fiance Marie. I can just see the beautiful smile on her face as she listens to this. <laughs> thanks again, Tash. And thanks again to all you legendary listeners who have given the rating and review. Okay, now let's hear from Pete Evans. Pete, I'm really intrigued about people's belief systems because I understand the power of the belief systems in context of negative power when people have rigid belief systems and also in the positive power when people have malleable belief systems, meaning that they're open to change and understanding paradigm shifts. So I wanted to ask you today your beliefs on a variety of different areas of we as complete humans. And I wanted to kick it off and ask you, what do you believe about the human mind? <laughs> I think we know nothing about it. I guess the human mind is from my perspective and perception is it's an interesting mechanism that we have that we create our own reality. And you can take that as far as you like, whether it's about manifesting things into your life that you desire or the things that resist end up persisting for us and uh, the things that we try to hide or fear take or have fears about are the things that uh, we attract. So you have this... You ha- that's why it's such a, um, a paradox because you sort of attract everything that you want and everything you don't want in your life. So, <laughs> so, so be ready for that. And, and I guess if we boil it down, it, it comes to the point of I do believe that we – I won't say have a purpose here on earth, but our primary objective is to – express our infinite energy. So you can take that however you like, but I, I see the people that are enjoying this this game of life the best are the ones that uh, are expressing themselves authentically and with little to no fear and creating their existence as they want it. And I guess you could bring that back to the mind as far as manifestation. But it also is a, it comes down to trying to pull off as many of those negative belief systems that we inherit from such a young age through through our upbringing, and which we can get into in, in greater detail if you want to go down that path. But I, I guess I should leave it there and wait for the next question or, uh, or where you want to follow on. The next question I was going to ask about, what, what do you believe about the human experience? Because I've heard you talk about a lot of different sessions that you've done over time in regards to energy and emotions. So, um, And you just mentioned there about people living our authentic selves. And so we, what is it that you believe about the human experience? Uh, 
I'm very cautious as to advise people what to, what to do. So anyone that's listening, don't believe anything that I'm telling you. <laughs> Please <laughs> take it with a grain of salt and, and, and work it out for yourself. And I think that's what life is all about. It's, it's working it out for yourself. So I have mentioned in the past that I have had different therapies that I've seeked out over the last 25 years in a more way that... I want to know more about myself and, and how I think and why do I think the way that I do and why do I have these certain patterns that I've had throughout my life and how do I get rid of these patterns if they're not benefiting me and how do I, I guess, grow the, the ones that actually are benefiting me. And it was interesting because the other day I, I, I talked about it on another podcast with one of the mainstream newspapers. And I knew where they were going with it and what they wanted to achieve from it. And they got their headline that they're after. And it says that Pete has been having therapy and even puts his babies into therapy. And it was taken out of context. But then I thought about it. I thought, well, what's the def definition of therapy? And it is, as the dictionary says, it's the treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder. So it's – I wouldn't – necessarily say that we have disorders but if you really think about the word disorder as well and uh, I might even <laughs> check out the definition for the disorder because I've never actually done that but I'm going to do that while we're having a chat because language is so important and I think our use of language is so important because we take we create our belief systems a lot of the time through the language that we hear from other people when we are growing up so Disorder is a state of confusion. So if we go back to the therapy, so a treatment intended to relieve or heal a state of confusion. So I don't think there's anybody on the planet probably that would say that they're not confused about a certain aspect of their life or in the aspect of how uh, what we're meant to do with it. So, so for the last 25 years, I've been wanting to – be less confused about who I am and less confused about the space that I inhabit on this planet or in the universe at this particular point in time in history. And for some, that might be, they might go, why on earth would you want to do that or use your time to do that? Whereas for me, it's, it's, it's one of curiosity and one of, I guess, evolution and self-awareness and self-growth and uh, trying not to repeat the disorders or the patterns of my of my family from my parents from my grandparents from my culture and we can all see honestly when we look at the world through our eyes and a lot of the time it's filtered with our own judgments and perceptions but we all have a deep down understanding that when we see something that is authentic and what, what is true that it shines brightly and it, and it speaks to us now finding those authentic moments in this modern modern lifestyle where people are tapped in to the internet when people are tapped into mainstream media when people are tapped into popular culture that authenticity and the truth sometimes can be a little bit trickier to find so i guess if people are wanting to learn more about themselves i think the best place to aim towards is your authentic self because we all know what that is deep down but so many people are shit scared of their own potential because their identity is wrapped around so many different layers of victimhood, jealousy, 
self-worth uh, or not thinking they have enough self-worth or enough self-love and they're not good enough for this. So, But deep down we know that we are perfect in everything that we are as a, as a, as a human being having this experience. But we get into that state of confusion. So how do you get out of that state of confusion that's that's the goal <laughs> i fully agree with everything you're saying and i teach people actually warn people that when they do my programs and my training with me that i'll teach you more about yourself than ever before and you will be brutally honest with yourself to in to get results and teaching them about well what is judgment and what is your perception of judgment and if we're a result of our habits how well are they actually serving you so and i feel like what you're talking about there and and understanding it at that level and looking at things from a spiritual context for myself and and different avenues i feel like that society sees quote unquote normal to not include all of this that we're talking about yeah well a lot of people are going to be confronted with that on their deathbed <laughs> and that's generally what happens to a lot of people <laughs> they get to that point in their life where they're like oh <laughs> what was all that about did I actually live my authentic self or did I live in a, in a state of fear where I couldn't express myself fully? And going back to one of the original statements is how can we be in a state where we can express our authentic self without fear of judgment or fear of ridicule and know that that is who we are? And from that, when we do express our authentic self, you will make the decisions and the, from the choices that are available to help nourish ourself and again that will be whatever it may be for you know it could be career decisions it could be artistic expressions it could be ways we can help the community or help the planet or volunteer it could be through creating something that hasn't existed previously in in history where you're offering a solution for other people yourself or the planet again it, it uh, I, I'm very cautious when I talk about this because I never want to uh, advise people of, of where they should put their pursuits because deep down everybody knows what, what they love to do. And it could be multiple things. It could be hundreds of things or some people, they're just so passionate about one thing. That is their driving force. So anybody that's listening, just take a moment and really think about what makes you tick, what makes you excited. And a good friend of mine, Helen Patteron, who's a naturopath, said, uh, find one thing that you can do that doesn't require anybody else's input that makes you happy. And once you find that, start doing that. And then find another thing. And then find another thing. And then you can find things that you like to do with other people as well. And then create that community and join the tribe or whatever it may be. But uh, for each and every one of us, it's completely different. And I think with that understanding that each of us has a has special gifts or, or unique talents then you release or you remove your judgment of other people because that's what makes up this rich tapestry of being human and living in this environment is we get to witness other people's gifts and talents and strengths and abilities and concepts and ideas that they bring into reality and go what a brilliant expression of humanity that is you know and whether it's watching a movie or listening to some music or looking at some art or seeing a building that's been built or somebody that's created something that's going to help the planet and recycling or technology technological advance where we can harness power or this that or the other you know I, I that's why i guess i have an optimistic out, outlook 
on the future. And I think everything is per- is is perfect at this particular point in time and everything is balanced. So well, I'm with you. I say to people that I'm an optimistic lover of life. Now, before I ask more about your beliefs, Pete Evans, welcome to Your Life of Impact. I'm so grateful to have you on the show and it's because I watched your documentary called The Magic Pill and I loved it. And <laughs> after watching it, I, I posted a link on Facebook and I wrote a really long post, which I never usually do write the long ones. And it was all about how good the doco <laughs> was, uh, the work your team was doing with the Aboriginal communities up in Arnhem Land and obviously the, the general message of how we as a society, how we can be so perplexed by all the, the food options and health issues, but really if we can learn and understand that eating normal food is normal and eliminating a lot of the processed crap and the extra sugars and carbs and things like that, uh, that have, I feel like that have crept in because of marketing and affordability and their addictive tendencies – but understanding all that, that, you know, coming back to eating normal food, then the human body can thrive again as a whole. So I'd love to, to talk to you about this documentary. And I believe that you sure. funded it yourself and staying on the theme of your beliefs. Why, why is it important for you to do a documentary like this? Uh, sure, great question. Thank you for doing the post and for watching it. I mean, that, that's that was the intent behind making this film, because I, I looked at the landscape that was out there as far as documentaries and, and information about how to eat, and it was uh, what I could tell, and from my perception was, no one had hit the nail on the head precisely yet. And I was like, okay, well, there's a gap in the marketplace for for this, even though the information is on the net and if people want to look at it, they can find it. But no one I'd seen had actually managed to do it in a 90-minute movie. And I just thought, well, uh, previously I'd made two TV series that were eight episodes long for each series. So we had 16 half-an-hour episodes called The Paleo Way. It was a TV program which is out there. And it's cooking, so it shows the practical sides of it. And it, and it featured a lot of the um, the experts that we featured in the magic pill as well which was all well and good but I was looking I was thinking about I thought who's going to sit down and watch eight or 16 half an hour episodes you know if it's not Westworld or something like that or The Handmaid's Tale or whatever's uh, trending at the moment Game of Thrones you know you've got a lot of competition out there but I thought well I reckon people will be prepared to sit down for 90 minutes and watch a documentary on Netflix or or iTunes or something like that. So let's make the best possible documentary we can on food. And uh, I was very, very fortunate that uh, a lot of things just fell, uh, I won't say fell into the lap, but um, the timing was right for so many different things. And, and the people that uh, we got to interview, I'm so grateful that they, they gave us their trust and also their, their lifelong work and were able to, I guess, succinctly and articulately uh, present their their knowledge and and the science behind it. So I'm very grateful, and also for the participants that made the choice to actually follow these programs and try to improve their lives. So, so I'm really grateful that these people did that because if they stopped halfway, then uh, you know maybe the movie wouldn't have been as powerful as as it has been. So and also my crew that put it together was I have to thank them as well. So, so how has the experience been? It's been great. I mean, it's uh, making a film is is definitely an interesting 
adventure and one that during it I thought I'll never do want to do this again because <laughs> um, they I guess the executive producer had self-funding self-funded it you know I put all, all the cash in to, to create this was you know it was it was I would say it was risky but I know the return of investment is not going to be financial for this but I'm compelled to do something that I see as a gift to humanity and at this particular point in time this is the current research that's about health and nutrition and it's getting results and I think that's the key so sometimes we do things that we fundamentally just have a desire and passion to do and it's not a Pete Evans film I feature in there for less than a minute out of the 90 minutes uh, because I didn't want to distract or distort or or muddy the issues there by (laughs) me being in there, you know, I just wanted to talk about food. And as a chef, I feel I'm comfortable to talk about food. Um, but there was some lifelong experience of, of how the body works and, and why this simple way of eating has the potential to change the, the face of the planet, literally. It really has the potential to change the way we it has the potential to change the environment and uh, the, the the health of the planet. Plus, it we know it helps individuals and families. And I'm not even that driven by that anymore because I wasn't well, driven by that. But I know the results when people adopt this that they're going to improve their lives. But it's the next part of their adventure that excites me. It's when they can express their authentic self. It's when they have the energy to wake up in the morning and and create the life that they want to live. That's when magic is going to happen around the world because people are going to interact with their children in a more, I guess, loving, dynamic way if they they wake up and they're not in pain. They're going to nourish those children with the right food because they're now educated. So those children... what how they grow up and their coming generations as well will have a, will, this will play a huge impact and so that's that's why i felt this was necessary at this point of time and it's i said to my wife the other day without any ego in it but i just said i said you know what i th- i think this is the most important film that's in the marketplace at this particular point in time in history i really think that this has the potential to change so much for so many and I'm just grateful to have been given the opportunity to express myself without any I guess uh, fears from myself in saying that you're not good enough you're not smart enough how are you going to do it blah 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 all of those thoughts that we all go through from time to time when we have self-doubt about something but this one just felt so right that there was there was no way I wasn't going to do it, and we're already working on the second one, and it's also something that I believe is an important next chapter to add to to the current space of of how people get information. So watch out for that one too. Well, I'm glad that round two is coming, and it is a brilliant doco, and I'll link it up into the show notes of this, and I highly recommend everyone checks it out. And on on the food aspect of that, why do you believe that it's so easy for us as humans to get the food choices wrong? I know my gorgeous fiance Marie and I, we have a good understanding of healthy eating and healthy living, but 
even we get confused sometimes and I wouldn't say overwhelmed but we have challenging discussions about nutritional benefits and amounts required of each element to fuel us and you know there's just so many different theories and everything out there and and different ways of eating like we're not paleo we're not vegans we're not vegos we're not on any strict diets and never have been uh, but I often say to people I'd probably say that I, I'm paleo-esque in my style of eating but why do you believe that it's it, it, it's so easy for us to get the food choices wrong? Uh, it's generally how we've been brought up, I would say. And, you know, I, I don't like to generalize, but uh, I will say that our values and our priorities dictate how we live. So once people have an understanding of, okay, so what do I value most in my life? Do I value good health? Do I value feeling amazing? Do I value that if I am a parent that my children, I want to give them the best possible start in life? And do I want to make sure that uh, they're hopefully while they're under my care that I've done everything possible to be a good parent? You know, do you value that? Or do you value your personal time to watch Netflix, for instance, or sit, sit around and watch The Bachelor or something like that. It does, does that become more of a priority than spending half an hour preparing a delicious dish for your family or yourself? So we have to look at values. We have to look at what priorities we have in our lives. Do you, what do you make as a priority? You know, is it your career? Is it your health? Is it your connection and love with your children, with your uh, partner, with yourself? <laughs> you know, so once we start to really think about values and priorities, then we will be able to see why people make the choices that they make. Because every choice that people make is, is basically made out of fear or love and if you think about it, and I'd, if you want to, if anyone says listening, try this for the rest of the day or tomorrow. Actually think about each and every decision that you make throughout the day and whether it is made out of fear or made out of love. You know, what am I going to Am I going to brush my teeth? <laughs> Why are you brushing your teeth? Which toothbrush are you using? Which toothpaste are you using? What, what water is it available to do this? You know, once you start to think about it, each and every how many decisions we make in a day, you know, adds up. And once you have your values in place and priorities in place, then you will make the choices that will best represent those values and priorities. If you have no idea what your values and priorities are, then you may just go with habit or habitual conditioning from culture or from your family. And then you may want to question that. Why am I doing this? Oh, it's because my mum used to do it, or my dad used to do it, or I saw my brothers do it, or I saw my sister do it, or my best friend does that, or my culture does it, because I used to watch Neighbours or Home and Away, and I saw that's how they interacted. There was drama all the time. Every week, every night, there was new drama. Is that the way that humans meant to interact with each other? Um, I'm just throwing things out there just so planting some seeds of how you may self-analyze and be aware of the choices that you make. So, and in none of this am I judging or passing blame on anybody. And that brings us back to the start again. Who do you want to be? Do you want to be your authentic self? Because you are not your 
mum or dad. You are not your brother or sister. You are not somebody that you see on the television that you want to emulate. Okay? <laughs> you are your unique and beautiful self. And you know what your values and priorities deep down are if you want to love and nurture yourself. So get to that state of understanding or awareness or curiosity of who you are, if you want to. And from that, then it will give you the opportunity to really delve down deep and um, work out ways in which you can love yourself uh, deeper and give yourself more understanding. So... I don't know whether that answers you or not, but uh, there's there's food for thought in that. You know what, Pete? <laughs> That's exactly why I wanted to get you on the show, mate, because I love that you think differently in that way. So that question could have been, people probably answer that in themselves, that it's, it's because, uh, you know, we were taught this at school of the food pyramid or there's just so much advertising around all this other stuff. Uh, but in actual fact, it's also because we as a society, like you said, don't understand ourselves enough to ask the deeper questions and go even further and really work things out uh, and and prioritize it. And I teach from, I operate from a place of values. I teach all my clients and program participants to identify their values and then not just do that, but also how to, like you said, make the choices and decisions on a regular basis and live in alignment with your true core values. So it definitely answers the question in in Pete Evans style which I love so thank you for broadening the the view on that what do you say then to people who say that they can't afford to eat healthy because organic foods and fermented foods are expensive for example well uh, let's go into blame and excuse and victimhood for a minute because I think that's a really good place to start this conversation and I mean it and choices again I'll Go back to it. So I'm just at the snow here with my kids, and we had dinner last night at 5:30 after I've been skiing. They've been skiing all day, so we have dinner, beautiful, some duck with some vegetables, and put that on the table. And then you know, people in the lodge are like, "Hey, do you want a whiskey or do you want a red wine?" And I'm like, mm, "Okay, there's a choice. What's this choice? Okay, if I have that, what, what's what's that going to possibly?" bring up for me, you know, am I, if I have that, is that a priority for myself? Is that the best value of, 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 uh, how I value myself at this particular point in time? Or do I need to, uh, have a good night's sleep so I can wake up in the morning and feed my kids a nutritious breakfast, you know, which may take an extra 15 minutes or 10 minutes to do, but maybe that one drink tonight may lead to two and maybe, just maybe that'll mean that I'll sleep in tomorrow and then I won't have time to feed my kids their nutritious breakfast. So I said no, <laughs> thank you, but uh, thanks for the offer. And this morning I woke up and go and make my kids a beautiful breakfast and I, I, I take a little video and put it on Instagram. Maybe it'll inspire other people, I don't know. But then I watched what everybody else ate in the lodge this morning and it's um, a very different from what – and it felt like everyone was in a rush and uh, a packet of something t- – into something, into a bowl with something else poured over the top and off they go, you know, and I'm not judging that, but I'm also aware of what decisions were and what priorities and what values are people working from in that space, you know, Um, and it could be very different for everybody else. It could be a time for them to be down here and connect with other people and have a laugh and that, that might be something that they need for their own healing. But I never take the parenting 
position lightly. <laughs> and, uh, and I think uh, once you undertake that position of being a parent, then uh, it is a huge, huge responsibility and not to be taken lightly. So going back to your question about organics and being expensive, my advice, and again, I don't have to give advice, but my suggestion for people is to do the best that you can with what is available. So what are, what are your resources? Because everybody chooses to live in a different environment. Some people, and this is a common one that I get, is I live in the country, I don't have access to this, that, and the other. It's like, okay, well, if you choose to put yourself into that position where you wanted to live in the country and be away from having access to those type of things and those type of situations, because that's not my fault that you've chosen to live where you choose to live. So once we, and and I'm just throwing this out there just because I'm using that as an example because people look for excuses as to why they may not be able to do the things that they want to do, right? So everybody has this capacity and, and if you think about yourself and what excuses you use for yourself to not show up or to do something that you know is good for your authentic self, so let's. So what I say to these people is, well, what what have you got access to where you live? You know, what can you get things sent to you online that you can order and, and get it in bulk? Can you get a bulk freezer so you can buy your meat in bulk, which will cut down the cost as well? And and then you've always got something in the freezer that you can use. Is there any possible way that you can use any of the modern technologies that are available to us to grow any of your vegetables or herbs? So at least you've got something that's homegrown at your fingertips. Is there any way that you can get friends to cook for you or family to cook for you in bulk? So when you go and visit them, you might be able to take an esky down and bring back, you know, a month's worth of food. That if I, I, I'm just throwing ideas out there for people. Is there any way that you can? Uh, I don't know, and and I don't have the answers for other people's problems. And, and I make that perfectly clear that I can offer suggestions, but it's up to that person to work it out themselves because really we're all here to work it out ourselves and we all have the power and the strength to work it out ourselves. And if sometimes we might need to ask for help from friends or loved ones or the community or, or whatever that is, and potentially, and, and this is what I love about this, potentially it's a business idea for someone. If there's nothing in that area, maybe it's an opportunity for you to offer a solution to that community. I don't know. It's I always see problems as when they arise that a lot of people play the victim or make an excuse or blame someone else for that situation. And you know, I, I even saw it today. <laughs> I think it was on my, on my social media. You know, I'm taking the girls here for a ski, and he goes, like, oh, I wish I could do that. I don't have the, the privileged girls or this, that, or the other. It's like, okay, well, what's the difference between skiing and another activity? There's no activity here. It's actually, for me, it's not really about skiing. It's about the connection between me and my children. You know, that's my priority. I couldn't care whether I'm uh, sitting on a beach or in the park or um, at the dinner table. It's that connection. So... I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, I, I'm trying to use my language or use people's understanding of their own 
language to help find solutions for themselves. We come into this world alone and we leave alone. (laughs) We have to work it out pretty much ourselves. And that's my advice. So find out what you can afford. A lot of the times you may want to expand your palate. I know, for instance, I mean, I just made five or six liters of chicken and vegetable soup. So we've got food for the next three days. And I said to the kids, you're eating this for the next three days in a row. You know, it'll be your lunch or dinner or breakfast or however it's going to be. And they're like, cool. You know, and I don't feel the need to make it a huge experience that I always have to change something just to please them. It's like, no, I just spent an hour making a soup, but that hour has now saved me the next three hours of time for the next three days of trying to create something at each mealtime. So, but going back into expanding your taste palette, uh, one, of the, one of the common things that I try to promote is nose to tail eating, eating offal, for instance. And again, I'll bring it back to what we ate last night. We had pate. Pate is a very inexpensive food because you're using chicken livers. And we currently live in a society generally, and I'll generalize here in in modern day Australia, where people are scared to eat certain foods. They're repulsed by it. They don't know. they, They feel icky about it. It's like, hey, it comes from the same animal that you'll get your T-bone from or your eye fillet from, or in the case of a cow, for instance. Beef liver is one of the most beautiful things you can ever eat, or the tail or the cheek. And I'm actually doing a dinner here in Threadbow tomorrow night where we're doing beef cheek and bone marrow in a pie as a dish. And I'm serving a rabbit terrine as well, which has liver in it. And how do you expand people, or how do people want expand their own tastes to open themselves up to being able to eat the most nutritious food in the world that is also the cheapest food in the world. So again, I I encourage this and the broths and things like that because it's super, super cheap if you want to eat this way. It comes down to a choice of what are you prepared to do? Are you prepared to take the step and learn how to appreciate these foods? Because I did as a chef, I couldn't think of anything more repulsive than oysters, liver, brains, marrow, heart, kidney, all of these things that I didn't get grown brought up with from my own parents. But as a young chef, I was like, if I want to get good at this craft, I'm going to have to learn an appreciation of these foods so I can better myself at my craft. And was it challenging? It was bloody challenging. But then what I got to understand was all cultures around the world have a, a very unique way of preparing these ingredients. And once you actually delve a little bit deeper, the way that these people actually prepare them is some of the most delicious foods on the face of the planet. And I tell you my hand and my heart that the food that I eat these days is the most delicious food I've ever eaten in my entire life. Because a lot of people say, well, don't you miss eating a McDonald's or this, that, or the other, like, no, because the the enjoyment I get out of eating these foods, whether it be the chicken and vegetable soup I just ate, I was like, I give that a 10 out of 10. <laughs> it was so bloody good and so nourishing. And so what are you prepared to do to get out of, well, it's not even to get out of your comfort zone. What are you prepared to do to nourish yourself and view yourself as someone that, deserves love, deserves nourishment on all levels. 
and uh, you will come up with your own answers for that. Yeah, I love that. And I often think if someone tells me, so when I started working with a functional medicine practitioner and getting on the fermented cod liver oil and getting me eating liver and I love the, the marrows and the bone broths and if someone says to me, this is really healthy for you, well, my number one core value is my health, my physical, mental and emotional health. So once I look into it and I believe that it's healthy, mm. I'll, I'll make myself like it if I know that it's going to transform my health in a positive way. So I, I'm on board with what you're saying there. And I I believe – so what you were saying there before too about turning problems into possibilities. So people will always jump at the problems and we as a society were drawn to that. So the problem is I can't afford it. The problem is that I live in the country and there's no fresh food here and you're shifting that mindset to well, what are the possibilities here? How can we take a look at what you can do with what you've got? And that's why – I believe I was also inspired by your doco because I see the the power of education and implementation to shift communities because I recently experienced it in my hometown of Cobar in Western New South Wales and I went back there and ran some well-being programs all about mental and physical health and understanding emotional intelligence, mental health and and a big part of it is about our gut brain connection and I'm partnered with a functional medicine practitioner Carl Hewen who's been on this podcast a few times and uh, he pulls all that specific material about the the gut health and the gut brain connection but I'm sure you see this a lot the community response was awesome with so many people intrigued and interested to learn more because there's some big gaps in this space and I was proud to do my little bit and I had some bone broth and some kombucha there for people to try and and just letting them know how easy it is and like you said it's a cheap alternative option or not alternative but it's a cheap option that is nourishing for your health and it was you know the education around natural foods the connection to our overall health and so with illness diseases mental health issues that's all linked to what we consume so yeah just back to what i said before seeing a doco like yours just gave me hope that communities can be shifted with the right influence and guidance so i can understand your passion and pride behind what you see with the potential of that yeah and uh, and again people will make their own decisions that's again everyone has free will to decide what they want to do with their life. There's, there's no rules per se. There really isn't. There's, there's accountability and there's responsibility. And you can interpret that however you like, but you are responsible for your own human experience and you're accountable for it. So it's, I was listening to a, a podcast the other, the other day with uh, this uh, shaman from that works out of South America. It was on Dave Asprey's podcast, and I'm interviewing this doctor, uh, Alberto, in about a week's time myself. And and he talks about, you know, the first thing you've got to do is wake up and, and realize that you have this one life. Then he talks about growing up, <laughs> you know, have have the responsibility and the accountability and then show up and 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 do what it is that you want to do. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to having a chat with him a little bit further for my own, for my own interests, because he's someone, he's in his seventies who's been teaching people how to, 
how to discover themselves. And he, and he uses entheogens and plant medicines and, and different rituals and uh, different techniques and therapies, if, if you like, to find a solution. And if you look for, at the definition for a solution, and that's what I was saying before, instead of being presented with a problem, how do you find a solution? And a, a solution is a means of solving a problem or dealing with a difficult situation. It doesn't mean that it's impossible it means that it might be difficult at the moment. So let's look at solution-based solution based opportunities instead of victim-based and excuses, I think, is a, is a positive way forward. And it, it can be difficult. It might be difficult. It will be difficult. But, you know, we are so imaginative. We are so resilient. We are so resourceful. That's, that's the true beauty and, and nature of being human is – we have the capacity to solve the most in-depth problems, and usually it's, it's usually a very simple solution. I mean, you talked about it before, even with your own label of how you eat. You know, it's so simple. You don't even have to put a label onto it. I think once you start putting labels onto this, it, it, that's what makes things confusing. You know, just eat some delicious food that's non-inflammatory. What's inflammatory? Have a look. Look at what the most common inflammatory foods are for humans and, and just avoid it. So what's left? Meat and vegetables, seafood and vegetables, off you go. Try that for a while. See how you go. And I guarantee you, 99.9% of the time, that will be adequate to for you to jump to new levels of health. And don't even think about how much meat, how much vegetables. Just eat some meat and vegetables. Your body will tell you. <laughs> we just use our innate intelligence and intuition to guide us because we have the experience, uh, our, our collective wisdom, if we want to tap in, into it, our ancient wisdom of what it means to be human and how to survive and how to work things out. And, you know, all of that is is people say, how many carbs should I be? If you're counting carbs, there's something completely wrong with how you're thinking about this. Is what, what are you doing? Live your life, cook some beautiful food and then go out there and enjoy your life. You know? Now, I, I agree, Pete. And I think it's important for us to point out here that you are actually an accredited health coach with the internationally recognized Institute of Integrative Nutrition from New York because I know that you've copped a lot of criticism over time regarding the fact that you're not a nutritionist or dietitian but you still give food advice or maybe not even advice now but you know guidance around food but on on top of this you work with a lot of professionals and functional medicine practitioners, nutritional experts and naturopaths like Nora and and Helen that you've mentioned who are a part of your team, which shows that you're a voice of collective expertise. But, you know, I actually had no idea about how much media criticism gets thrown at you because we don't even watch the news or normal television. We don't believe it serves a purpose in our life. And I only use social media to share and then follow positive impact. So I actually had no idea about the scrutiny that you've been under with uh, things that you believe in. And when I when I actually looked into it, I was I was blown away. I think it's weird. Yeah, for sure. And I think when you said the word before expert, I mean, an expert is just a person who is very knowledgeable about or skillful in a particular area. I mean, that's what an expert is. You know, 
it's someone that is knowledgeable or skillful in a particular area. Okay. So again, let's, let's look at the language that we use for this because uh, one of the common criticisms is that I am not an expert. <laughs> so we're talking about, because I haven't been to a university for instance, and, and it, it, it's an interesting concept that people have these days is that a university degree offers somebody intellect. You know, without that, you cannot be intelligent or an expert in your field. And, and I know that there would be many, many entrepreneurs out there that have never been to university that are now leading the world in their concepts and ideas uh, where people will be like, I wish I had have thought of that. I wish I had the guts to be able to do that. I wish I had the hindsight or the, the foresight, sorry, the foresight to be able to do that. What made that person get into that position? You know, whether it's a Richard Branson or an Elon Musk or whoever these people might be, and maybe they did go to university. But on the other hand, there are so many other people that never went to university that became experts in their field. So I love talking about food. I love cooking food. I love sharing recipes about food. And I have released about 20 cookbooks over the last 12, 13 years. And combining that over the last sort of seven or eight years with my fascination and curiosity with how food affects our body, because it seems like a natural progression. Actually, I really feel like learning about nutrition should precede learning how to cook, to be honest with you. But that's not currently how it is. But why can someone not further their own education by speaking to the experts in their fields? And, and the experts that I've, I choose to speak to are the ones that are getting results. So there are many, many experts in their chosen field that are not getting results that are sustainable long term and sometimes just offer a Band-Aid solution with and disastrous side effects. And there are other people out there that are getting huge results, huge long-term beneficial results for their patients. So they're the people that I like to talk to because it just is common sense that let's, let's get the information from people that are actually improving people's lives and have a track record of, of proven success. Yeah. As far as the criticism goes, I mean, it doesn't, you don't have to dig too deep to understand why that type of criticism is leveled at me because uh, it's, I mean, I mean, how, how deep do I want to go here? If I'm going to look at the definition of criticism here, the expression or disapproval of somebody or something on the basis of perceived faults or mistakes. So perceived faults or mistakes. So Let's, have, let's actually define that. What are, what are the perceived faults or mistakes that I may be sharing with people? Because at the moment, I haven't heard of anybody that has become more worse off from following a basically a meat and vegetable, or seafood and vegetable diet. And that's all we're promoting. But some of the other criticism has been leveled towards uh, me suggesting for people to use a non-toxic sunscreen instead of one that is full of chemicals. The other criticism that I may have uh, received is my promotion of people drinking the purest, cleanest water that they can get their hands on instead of something that has had neurotoxins added to it. So they're two concepts or ideas that are fully happy to share with people that that's what I do with my own self and my own family. We have filtered water in the house that removes the most common neurotoxic chemical 
for our brains, which is uh, the addition of uh, uh, fluoride to our water. And I choose not to lather myself in 50 different chemicals that uh, there are known side effects that can cause disastrous effects to our bodies. So, and if that's criticism because I choose to nourish myself and do the research into should I be drinking the purest water on the planet or should I be drinking water that has been contaminated by a poison? <laughs> I mean, I don't need the media outlets to tell me how to think because for me it's common sense, uh, especially if you go into understanding what fluoride does as far as dental decay goes. I mean, the, again, you can do your own workout, work on that and and uh, work out that for yourself. But uh, my teeth are bloody good, I tell you. And I haven't been drinking fluoridated water for over 20 years now. I mean, this is something that I learned when I was 18 or 19 because I was fascinated by it. So every single house that I've had has had uh, a reverse osmosis filter in it. And then I remineralize the water. Other critiques out there, I enjoy the, the sun. I walk bare feet. We did a book that had a, uh, a, an alternative to powdered baby formula because the, the co-author that I did the book with, her child couldn't take her breast milk. And throughout the book, we say breast milk is paramount. Uh, the media decided to run and saying, Pete thinks uh, bone broth is better than breast milk, which was never the case. That was a lie that was made up by an opposing media organization that was against Channel 7, uh, which was Channel 9 at the time. So we understand why the, the criticism came from them. And at that time, this lady couldn't feed her own child her own breast milk. And she herself looked at all the formula that was available on the shelves. And she had the, the common sense to read the labels of what is actually in baby formula. And she said, how the f could I feed that to my child? I wouldn't put that in my own body. Why would I put that into a newly born child when there's hydro there's vegetable oils in there, there's cane sugar in there, there's soy milk, soy protein powders in there. There's this whole host of inflammatory foods, just like toxic chemicals in certain sunscreens, that why on earth would you put that into somebody that you care about? So, and she couldn't use a breast, breast milk bank because that wasn't, the, the child couldn't take it. So she'd heard of of a recipe that was in a very well-respected book uh, that had been out for 20 or 30 years. So we included that recipe because she tried it on her child and her child thrived once he got this into his system. And it was a mixture of beautiful organic liver, beautiful bone broth and some other ingredients that had been tried and tested over and over and over and over. And uh, we actually re reduced half the amount of uh, the liver that was in there in case anyone was concerned about the vitamin A levels. But that was the only criticism. And even to this day, it, it still says any any mainstream media outlet six years later still goes, Pete uh, wants to <laughs> kill babies with this formula. It's like, well, no, no, we're, we're just sharing information for people that were looking for an alternative to potentially putting something into uh, their child's bodies that did not make a hell of a lot of sense when you read the ingredients on the labels. So 
Thanks for letting me uh, explain that. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware of that actually, and I can't speak to the bone broth uh, aspect, but I do understand all the health benefits of the the breastfeeding as as opposed to formula. But for everyone listening and to hear you talk about the more pure water and the the types of foods that you eat, earthing, not using sunscreen for the chemical reasons of it. I've had people like Nam no, I. I'm oh, sorry. I do use sunscreen, so just be be be, be careful because I never said I don't use sunscreen. I said I, I I use a non-toxic sunscreen, but I don't wear sunscreen every time I go out into the sun because that's counterintuitive as well. Because if you look at how much vitamin D we're lacking as a society and a community and in, in the population, there there's we need to appreciate the sun and actually get some onto our skin. But I if I'm going surfing for three hours in Fiji in the middle. of in the middle of the day, I do use a non-toxic one. So uh, I just want to clarify that I, I do use sunscreen. <laughs> yeah, sorry, the, the non-toxic type. So what everything that you're saying that I agree with and for people who are listening who have reached out and told me how inspired they are by people like Carl, who I spoke about before, and, and Nam Baldwin, the performance coach who works with elite athletes like Mick Fanning and Steph Gilmore and a lot of other people. And this is the exact same messages that they're, they're talking about and understanding human behavior the way that we started off this chat and what your belief is around that. So it's really cool for you to give your beliefs and your views and your understanding in this way. And I just think it's important for all of us listening to understand that, that that's, that's been a resonating message with other guests on this podcast. But the criticism I feel like, Pete, is proof that big parts of society love to jump on the bandwagon and that media potentially get majority of their ratings for negative press so that's what they'll bring out but I mean how many people's lives have you changed for the better how many people through your conferences your books your online programs would have changed their lives for the better and probably even increased their life expectancy because of the education and guidance of your healthy ways to eat and healthy ways of live well I can tell you none zero I haven't been responsible for anybody's improvements in their health they have been Nothing has. I haven't. Well said. I haven't forced anybody. I haven't encouraged anybody. I haven't. All every. If people have improved their lives, it has been through the sole purpose of them wanting to nourish themselves and their families better, or improve that relationship that they have with themselves or with other. We may have supplied some tools, but I haven't physically changed or emotionally changed in anybody's lives. The only, it is, let me just clarify this. It is impossible for me to make anybody feel any differently about their lives. I do not have that power. No one has the power for, for, to change anybody else's lives except for themselves. And I think once people can understand that, that's, that's the key, I believe. Don't look for anybody else. Don't put any expectation on anybody else other than yourself. You're to blame for every decision that you've ever made in your life. You are completely responsible for every decision that you've ever made to a point when you've been able to make your own decisions and stand up to either your parents or your culture or the society or whatever it is and said, you know what, that doesn't float for me. It might float for you, but for me, I've had enough of that trip. I'm going to go on this different path here. And maybe that path is beneficial, maybe it's not. But once people realize that they are completely responsible 
for everything. And we can take that to a, it, to a grander level. As a society, we're responsible for the government that we have. You know, if, if you look at the states, for instance, and the uproar against Trump, you know, that's, that's the perfect mirror. It's the perfect, that culture, that society has got exactly what they wanted. And now it's up to them. Do they want to continue that? I, I have no judgment on whether he's good or whether he's bad. It doesn't, it doesn't interest me. Uh, but, you know, I've seen so many people that I, I have admired whinge and complain and, and carry on about somebody that's in charge. Like, why are you complaining? Find a solution. You know, find the solution. Stop, stop playing the victim. So, yeah, responsibilities is the biggest Pete. I, I, Pete, sorry, I completely agree. Now, Pete, I'm going to wrap things up here because I know that you're at the snow with your family, and I want you to enjoy that quality family time. That's a big part of your existence. But there's a couple of questions before we finish. Now, this one is one sure. that I and, ask. And the, oh, sorry, the kids are out. Of, the kids have having a. Uh, afternoon nighttime ski with their with in their lessons so um i'm all yours so no need to rush but um i, I understand the time constraints as well so well with uh, this question it's actually one that i ask all my guests on the podcast actually before i do that then if you've got an extra minute because one of the things i wanted to ask you about was intermittent fasting because i know that you have a a, a shorter eating window and you practice intermittent fasting with can you just tell us what your eating window is and then interested to know because you you eat probably less food than a lot of other people and you know the amount that you need and nourishes you do you supplement as well yes yeah, so a bit of fasting is very simple it's it's basically the definition of it is maybe putting your eating window into a smaller time slot so uh, a lot of the times it's in a six or eight hour window so some for some people it might be between the hours of 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. is the time that I'm going to eat. And in that time, I might eat two or three meals or maybe one meal. Generally, what happens when you follow what we promote, so we've got a 10-week program called the Paleo Way, and it's completely free if anyone wants to join it. There's no strings. Go for it. (laughs) Uh, It's available to anyone around the world. We've had about 80,000 people do it now, and uh, again, not one complaint. So that's a pretty good track record so far. So when people start to eat this way, basically taking out the inflammatory foods and eating some good fats in their diet as well, they generally by default go into an intermittent fasting uh, practice without even thinking about it. So I don't really think about it, to be honest with you. I just eat sort of when I'm hungry. I try to eat an early dinner, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, like I love to eat four or five or below before 6 p.m. wherever wherever possible. It's not always possible, but I just like to eat early so I don't go to bed with a big tummy with a lot of food in there. And then I wake up and then go about the business and generally I don't feel like eating till about lunchtime because the, the food that I'm eating it has got all that beautiful fat and nourishment in it, in, in it. So I don't feel compelled. I'm not hungry because the blood sugars aren't screaming at me to feed eat them. I don't have those crashes. It's like a, a nice long big fire that's burning very gently instead of uh, rapidly and, and, and quickly. So again, I'd be very careful, like the counting the macros and that sort of carry on. I'd also be very careful about sticking to intermittent fasting as well. I'd say listen to your body, but generally by default, it'll probably go into this. But like I was just in Fiji about a month ago surfing and I, I surf six or seven hours a day, which is very unusual compared to my normal day-to-day life. 
And I was eating three huge meals a day because I was ravenous, because I was doing so much exercise, like extreme. I would call that endurance or extreme exercise, like six or seven hours of exercise a day, which I'm, I'm of the belief for my own self that we should always nourish our bodies. And uh, endurance exercise is something that I, I never would recommend to anybody uh, that wants to nourish themselves. But I love catching good waves, and uh, they were really good waves. So I, I pushed myself to catch as many possible good waves as I could in the short, short time frame that I had in Fiji. But uh, I tell you what, if it was onshore and crap, I wouldn't be paddling around the ocean for seven hours for enjoyment. <laughs> because there were good waves, I was like, oh, one more. I just want another one because maybe I won't get another one of these waves for another, another year. So let's say if I wanted to stick to intermittent fasting, then, and I was doing that, that amount of exercise and, and punishment to my body, and I, I felt like it was punishment instead of nourishment, then I don't think I would have been able to sustain what I was doing over there, to be honest with you. So intermittent fasting went out the window for me because I just naturally was like, I'm going to eat here. <laughs> I'm going to do this each and every day. So again, I'd be very careful to say that people need to do intermittent fasting, but in uh, my normal waking day-to-day life where I don't do hardly any exercise, then it works out as a default for me. Yeah, I, I'm hearing you. So I, a couple of times a week I'll do an 18-hour fast and then sometimes it's on that day that I would normally do it and I feel, no, actually, you know what? I'm not feeling it. I'm actually feeling like I need to eat here or if my training changes, I've got to move it around that. So I like how you say that it's not – it's not necessarily for everyone and all the time. It's based on what your body needs and knowing what your body needs. Yeah, it is. And I did a walk in the rainforest last weekend. It was pretty much like a 14 to 16 hour walk and I fasted for the whole, for the whole event. But it wasn't like endurance uh, running or sprinting or jogging. It was actually just hiking and and it was also an experience, uh, experiential journey for me on, on many levels, letting go of ego and, and a whole lot of other stuff. And uh, But I chose to fast for that because it was a decision that I made for myself to really experience and to connect to nature for that day. So, again, we, we have these decisions that we we can intuitively make for ourselves without following anybody else. The last thing I want people to do is go, you know what? I'm going to eat paleo for the rest of my life. I'm going to intermittent fast because Pete Evans said so. That's that's handing over accountability and responsibility to someone else. A better thing is like, okay, I'm wanting to learn more about myself. I want to understand how food, my my relationship to food, whether it's emotional or habitual or uh, whatever it may be. Let's try this this uh, crazy thing that uh, Pete's suggesting, eating some meat and vegetables. Let's try that and let's see how that works for us for a few months and we'll, and we'll give it a red hot shot go. We'll, we'll ditch the dairy, we'll ditch the grains, we'll ditch the legumes, we'll ditch the inflammatory foods. We'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a three to six months. We'll do it 100% and we'll really listen to our bodies and see what happens during that period. And then from there, you, you will be able to adapt it to what makes sense for you and, and what you feel like really benefits you. And only you can work that out. And I will say, if you do want to change your diet, the best, and I will give you this advice, is work with a health professional, generally an integrative or functional medical doctor and naturopath that is up to date with nutritional science and get complete tests 
testing done, get your stools tested, get your urine tested, get your bloods tested, get your hair tested, get your saliva tested and even breath tested for all the different tests that are available out there to get a real true blueprint of where you are at this particular point in time in your life so that you know if you're deficient in anything, if you've got an overgrowth of anything, if you if you don't have any growth of certain bacteria that's uh, beneficial for you, find out all that information at the start because then you will be able to track over the years how your improvements are and then you'll probably spend less on supplements because you did ask me about supplements before. So I want to tie that in. It's no use taking a supplement if you don't know what you're taking it for. There's no use taking a supplement if somebody writes in a book, yes, you should be taking that. But you have uh, adequate levels of or more than adequate levels because you could actually be doing yourself harm because you might have too much of that in your body. You know, if you're taking a probiotic and you already have strains in your gut or too many strains of one type of bacteria and you're pumping in these probiotics each and every day and you're not, you don't have uh, other strains that are, are beneficial, then you could be doing more harm than good. If you're making your kombucha at home and you gulping it down every day because some, you read somewhere kombucha is good but you don't understand where your guts is at, then maybe you're doing yourself more harm than good. And then, then you'll come around and go, oh, that paleo thing was crap. <laughs> so find out what's going on in your body first before you embark on any of these changes is, is my advice if you really want to take personal responsibility for your actions. There you go. You just answered the question that I was about to ask before because I always ask all the guests what's their advice, uh, but I was actually going to word it to what do you believe is the action that people can take? So you've just you've answered that in both ways. So two-part question here, Pete. Where can we learn more about you? So social media, website, etc. And how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? <laughs> okay, so uh, if anyone wants to learn more, Instagram and Facebook, Chef Pete Evans or Pete Evans Chef. I never know which one I've put in there, but I'm pretty easy to find. There, we've got a, as I said, the 10-week program is at thepaleoway.com. It's free for anybody. Um, cookbooks are great. I share recipes on Facebook, so they're free there as well if you want to get some free recipes. And what can you do to, to help is just to be your beautiful, unique and uh, magnificent self and create the world that you wish to create and uh, that it will benefit myself and everybody else that uh, you come into contact with or not even come into contact with but uh, vibrate at a high frequency if that is something that uh, resonates with you and that is all brilliant i love it now one of my top core values is giving and i give all my guests a gift for their time and value and for you pete i'm sending you one of our charity our life teas their uh, charity teas where 100 percent of the profits goes to uh, the chosen charities of the athletes that have helped design them so we're going to send you one of those and to say thank you for giving your time and value on the podcast today awesome brother thank you for having me it's been a a, a great chat brett so uh Thanks to the listeners as well for um, for staying with it and uh, hopefully you enjoyed it and uh, until next time. Absolutely. Just before I do let you go, is there anything you would like to ask me? Uh, what would I like to ask, Brett? I guess your unique self. Tell me about you. What have you learned over the years? What have you shedded? What are you, uh, what are you most uh, proud of? 
Wow, great question. You know, pride is actually something that I anchor into every day as part of my, I meditate every morning and I go through a series of breathing meditations and tap into a different, a few different things. And pride is an energetic condition and a state that I know drives me and fuels me and serves me really, really well. And I've created anchors around that so things that I'm extremely proud about are well one of the reasons I started this podcast and I've been pretty open about it is uh, after the tragedy of my grandparents loss and I believe it's part of my purpose to enhance and optimize their legacy and a big part of that is by growing and optimizing community because they were huge community members so a part of uh, this podcasting journey is to impact the lives of other people and create create and nourish community to to help enhance and optimize their legacy and Pete some of the emails and messages that I get from people who listen to these episodes and get an abundance of value I mean I had one from a guy in South Africa just yesterday who poured his heart out and uh, was telling me some amazing changes and and mindset shifts that he has created from the information that he's learned from the guests that we've had on here so Mm. One of the biggest things that I've learned is that you have to be open-minded and you have to, like you said before, take responsibility and and navigate life through mindset shifts because as soon as we get stuck to our rigid belief systems, that's when we don't have that ability to uh, to actually experience life as we're supposed to with the, the human experience. I learned it. Um, it's brilliant and I learned something – quite uh, valuable recently and as a parent it was it was very profound because one of the courses I was doing they said if you tell your children you're proud of them after they've cre- uh, achieved something it's actually quite detrimental to them so you've got to be careful with the word pride or proud when you're using it to your children because just say they win something and a parent says I'm so proud of you for winning that today it sets up that that child may take on the thought or the belief, it's more of a belief that, okay, for my parents to be proud of me, I have to win. So if I don't win the next time, they're not going to be proud of me. So you need to be very careful again with your language and, and how you present that to your children when they when they uh, do something like that. So I just wanted to leave that with the listeners because I know a lot of people fall into that trap, even though they think they're doing something good it sets the child up it potentially has the capacity to set the child up for disappointment down the track maybe proud that you are who you are you know that uh, you're that beautiful child i'm so proud of you no matter what first last wherever you come my my general thing is uh, because i never want to create competition between the two uh, to my two daughters is did you have fun like if they did if they did really well in a race they're like do you have fun was that? Did you did you have a smile? Like tell us tell us how you felt in the race, and uh, so it, it brings it back to their self experience of what they are actually doing instead of just an achievement for the sake. I, 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 I'm funny about awards I guess it's uh it's uh, it's probably a, a topic for another conversation <laughs> no I like that lateral thinking again now we'll, we'll finish off with the fast five questions Pete so these ones just let the roll off the tongue don't you don't need to have too much time to think about it uh we'll keep, sure. the, keep the answers short and sweet so first one what's one habit you wish you could change <laughs> uh, 
Thinking too much. <laughs> <laughs> and what makes you feel absolutely pumped and exhilarated and energized? Uh, really? Uh, I'm going to enjoy going surfing and, and surfing some wonderful waves with my family, I think. Have you ever washed a dog? I have washed a dog, but my wife is so much better at it than me. She's uh, <laughs> a lot more patient. <laughs> Brilliant. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? To be yourself and uh, that uh, you're capable of anything you set your mind to. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? Uh, This one breath. (laughs) That it's still going. Pete, you're a legend. You're a spiritually connected soul that isn't afraid to believe in their purpose and impact this world in a positive way. Keep shining your authentic light to the world, my man. Cheers, mate. Thank you so much. Love you. There it is, guys. You've just experienced another unique perspective of the world. Make sure you check out Pete's doco called The Magic Pill on Netflix. And if you feel like this episode is one that your family or friends will benefit from, click that share button and enlighten them also. Don't forget this is your last chance to get into the Mental Strength Training online program for a while. So jump onto yourlifeofimpact.com and check out all the info there. You'll also find the details of our other in-person events that we're pumped to offer. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.